Holy Father, we thank you this morning. We praise your holy name. Who will now worship you? Who will now praise you? Who will now glorify you? Who will now thank you? Father, we are here this morning because of your loving kindness and because of your faithfulness upon our lives, guiding us, shielding us, protecting us, preserving us, even in all our ways, in our troubles, in our joys. The times that we know and the times we do not know. Every attack that we do not even know that yet you gave us victory over them. Thank you, Lord. We are thanking you this morning because we know you will do more to preserve our lives. Yes, Lord. To the end of this year and the remaining years of our lives. Just give you praise this morning. In the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that the entrance into your world this morning will bring light to bring understanding unto our simple mind. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. You may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. 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 Let me welcome each and everyone to his presence this morning. I can see the faces of my friends all around. You are all welcome. God bless you this day. And I tell happy new year. <laughs> That's my good friend. The Lord bless you. And the Lord bless everyone assembling together in his presence this day in Jesus' name. Most especially, we want to welcome our dear brother all the way from across the Atlantic, Brother Phillips. The Lord bless you. I've been looking forward to seeing you a long time. God made it possible even at this time. I pray that your time in the States will be a peaceful one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, I want to read from verse 15 to 17. Colossians chapter 3, we'll be reading from verse 15 to 17. The Bible says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17, and he said, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Yeah. This month we are coming to God on a constant basis every single time we meet here. All we just want to do is to appreciate God and to thank him. Why do we need to thank him? 
We are counting our blessings. We are thinking of his faithfulness. We are thinking of his loving kindness. We are looking back. Realizing that if not for him on our side, the devil would have taken us out. There are many who knows how to pray more than we do. There are many who knows even how to do things even more than we do. But today, there probably no more. And there are many that we even started this month together. And yet, there are no more. It is by his grace that we are here all together to praise him. And that's the reason why I want to discuss with us very briefly this morning what I titled The Thankful Hearts. The Thankful Hearts. The heart, the heart that is thankful. Everyone will believe with me that there is this one magic word that often captivate the heart of God. And even able to captivate the heart of man, bring the heart of man even closer to you and appreciate you. And that's the word, thanks. How many are fond of giving thanks? When somebody do something little for you, you're able to reciprocate in appreciation. Ordinary, you going out there and somebody is going before you and just open the door and hold the door for you to pass and like to say thank you. A heart that is full of thanks cannot but give thanks. But a heart that is devoid of thanks will find it difficult and struggle even in giving thanks. It takes the heart that is full of this word to be able to give it. What you don't have, you cannot give. And that's why when we come into the presence of God, we cannot enter into the holies of holies, the place of worshiping God, the place of invoking the power and the grace of God without a thankful heart. And the psalmist says in Psalm 100, verse 4, in Psalm 100, verse 4, he said, enter into his gate with thanksgiving. So you cannot even get into his gate, enter into his gate without thanksgiving on your lips. And if thanks is not, if your heart is not full of thanks, it cannot get on your lips and you cannot even manifest it to be able to enter to the gates of our God. So he said, enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. That's why we have to praise him this morning. Praise him, praise him. He said, be thankful to him and bless his name. When you are thankful to him, he looks down with you with his mercy. He looks down Unto us with his grace, he looks down unto us with his favor. Those with thankful hearts are the praiseful 
ones. They are the one with the principal heart. If, you, if your heart is not full of thanks, your heart cannot be praiseful. You cannot have praises within you in order to give. So those with a thankful heart are the ones that has the praiseful hearts. And the people with the praiseful hearts are those that have the peaceful hearts. When your heart is full of thanks, you are not barren of his grace. And when you have this grace in you, you'll be at peace, not just with him, with men around you. These people with the peaceful hearts, and they that have peace, the peace of God ruling in their hearts. They have the peace of God ruling in their hearts and they are able to count their blessings. One that is not at peace, his heart is clouded with a whole bunch of other things that are not going on right. 99% of his life or her life may be going right, but that one piece that is not going on right is still away. This is our job. And yet, depriving of not just his peace, but his praise, and eventually being devoid of his thanks. The ones that has, the, the one that has the peace of God, Rolling in their hearts, they find it easy to rejoice with those who rejoice because a merry heart is always their gift. A merry heart is always the gift of God upon their lives. You know that when you have a merry heart, people know it easy, easily. There's no downtime or sorrowful time all around you. There's no morning moment around you. You become the ninja of joy. That's why Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13 tells us. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, they say, A merry heart makes a shaman countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. A merry heart, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, or by sorrow of, of hearts, the spirit is broken. And chapter 17, verse 22, it said, A merry heart does good. How many knows that? How many, are, how many have been in a very good mood? And you know it, and everyone around you actually knows it. And eventually, you make it kind of a little bit persistent. That really, do people see you get on the other side of you? The other side of us, individually, as human, probably is not that sweet. The other side is when you're angry moment, and you know what the, uh, 
uh, Chinese, one of the uh, Chinese proverbs is said concerning that. He said, I'm stupid, yes, at my angriest moments. There's never anything like angriest. One of their one of their saying, they say, I'm stupid, yes, in my angriest moments. When you ever get to your angriest moments, listen to what you say afterwards. Watch what you do afterwards. Many times, it's always a regret. You feel so bad about yourself. You don't feel good about what you did. Just because one little thing actually makes one not to be able to think about the positive concerning that which you're actually angry about. Everything around us, or most things around us, are geared towards just tripping one off, making one to forget about the good aspect of life, the good aspect of your life, of yourself, the good aspect of that person you're angry about. But guess what? The human nature is wired to be sometimes emotional, and some are wired to be even hyper emotional, not thinking. And so that takes one away from being thankful sometimes. Therefore, a thankful heart we want to look at is ruled, is the type of heart that is ruled by the peace of God. When you see somebody with a peaceful, uh, with, 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 with a heart that is ruled by the peace of God, his heart is full of thanks. I want to thank everyone for what they've done and sometimes what they even didn't do. They want to thank God for what they don't even know that he did. And until we get to that point, We'll be like those that Paul was writing to in the book of Rome, and the church at Rome, in Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, from verse 21, we read 21 and 22. And I know that this type of people, they're probably one way or the other in one of our lives. I mean, you have them. We all have them all around us. Or sometimes in our lives, in our family, in our, in our circle of influence or whatsoever. He said, because although they knew God. So it's not, it's not talking about people who don't know God. So don't talk about, don't even think about those who don't know God. Those who don't know God, guess what? They don't have the peace of God in them. They cannot be thankful. Most don't, cannot be thankful. But many are more even appreciative of what God, I mean, what they achieve, even though they may not actually attribute it to God, but they can appreciate it sometimes. Is it because they knew God? So let's get that settled. That is talking about the people in the church, it's talking about believers. Is that true? Is that true or not, church? So it's talking about us in the church. Is it because they knew God? 
they did not glorify him as God. There are things in our lives that we cannot accomplish by ourselves. But God did it. But many times, as believers, we think our minds, our strengths, our ability, our intellect, our strength, our wisdom, our understanding has gained that for us. So we fail to glorify God in it, in our success, in the victory that you just, it just gave you. Sometimes you think you know how to drive. How many have been driving on the road? And you get to your destination safe. And you just saw somebody. I don't even know. I saw that, you know, when it's snowing and it's everywhere crash, I, did, I said they don't know how to drive in Colorado. I said, Pastor, don't know how to drive. I said, they don't know how to drive. He said, they did not glorify him as God. No, we are thankful. But we gave fertile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. And verse 2 said, let's read it together, church. Professing to be wise, they became. Okay, let me let me say this. I want to believe you probably would know somebody that, despite the fact that they are blessed, God actually gave them more than enough. But because they see you as somebody that is just starting, and they are seeing your success, and they are angry about your success. They are actually envious of the little success, the victory, the, how the Lord prospers you. Yes, they are there, but just coming here. They are not thankful of what the Lord is doing in their own lives. One view of a mansion. You just build a bungalow and he said, what did you build? And biting and talking about yeah, God has done yours. Why don't you just thank God for doing this for him or her? Is that because they knew God or they to glorify him? Now they profess to know it. But God said, uh-uh, you're full. A thankful heart is a praiseful heart. And a praiseful heart is a peaceful heart. When you see somebody who is able to give thanks unto the Lord for every little details of his or her lives, Guess what? The praises of him will never depart on from such a person's lips. And such a person will be satisfied with what the Lord has given unto him. That's why the Bible says in that first Timothy chapter 6, the godliness with contentment is a great gain. It's a great gain. One that is not satisfied, one that is not thankful of what the Lord has given unto him, 
Guess what? He cannot have peace with those whom the Lord is blessing around him. And if you don't have that external peace, it's actually an evidence that the internal peace is missing. And when the internal peace is not there, there's no way people can hang around you and have peace radiates to them through you. So a thankful heart is a loving heart. A thankful heart is a praiseful heart. A thankful heart is the one that the Lord is looking for to actually rule with his peace. I pray the peace of the Lord shall rule your hearts and rule our hearts, rule our families in the mighty name of Jesus. And Paul said it this way to the church at Philippi in chapter 4. In chapter 4 from verse 6, he said, be anxious for nothing. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in how many things? In everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7. Proverbs 7. Are you sleeping there? <laughs> Can somebody yeah. yeah, you just put it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Go back to verse 6. He said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, verse 7, and the peace of God. And the peace of God will, will do what? Will surpass all understanding. Regard your hearts and mind through Christ. And I'll say this in verse 8. In that your heart is a finally, brethren. Are you, are you able to allow the peace of God to rule in your heart and then become thankful and be a praiseful person? The peace of God cannot rule our heart when these are missing. He said, finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, let your heart think about these things. How many, when you think about things that are not true, go back there. Things that are not just, you do them or you actually think about them. How many are peaceful in their hearts? Don't want to enjoy that peace when you know it's not true. How many have ever lied and you are not afraid for somebody to actually find you out? <laughs> so the peace of God cannot rule in one's life when. One is not thinking about things that are just, things that are, that are lovely, things that are pure, things that are 
of good reports. When the opposite of any of this is what the heart is thinking, it cannot be thankful. And because it cannot, the heart cannot be thankful, it cannot even be praiseful. When garbage is there and everyone is praising, his praise cannot go up. The praise is already adulterated. Why? Because as you are trying to praise God, someone is finding you guilty and saying, <laughs> it's loving on you. You're praising, remember? Yeah, lifting those all the hands up. Oh, remember what you just do, did. So the praise is already adulterated. The thanks cannot be genuine. Why? Because the peace of God is not ruling in such a life. So finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good before, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And verse 9 now says, These things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And when you do them, the peace, the God of peace will be. So the one with a praiseful heart allows God and permits God to let his peace rule in his heart. Also, the one with a thankful heart, their thankful heart is tender. The one with a uh, thankful heart it has a tender heart for the ground. I mean, uh, it has a tender ground for the seed of the word of God. Verse 16 of our text to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in wisdom. The word of God cannot dwell in one richly. In wisdom to be able to bring about the wisdom to be able to come to a blessing and to be able to be thankful and praiseful and even appears when the word of the Lord is not dwelling in one richly. It is the word of the Lord that makes one to become wise. So the one with the thankful heart has a tender ground. For the seed of the word of God of Christ. He has a tender heart for the seed of the word of God. When the seed is sown, and it has a place in the heart, it meets with faith in the heart. It removes the shafts, the impurities, the things that clouds the hearts from seeing what God is doing, think what God is thinking, and be able to do what God is saying. It, 
the word of the Lord seek them out, clears those, and the word of God is now able to penetrate into the tenderness of that heart. And it is in that such heart that the word is able to grow. And until the word of God is able to grow, and the seed of the word of God is able to grow in such a heart, it cannot produce the fruit that the people will see and say, this one is a peaceful person. This one is a godly child of God. This one is a love. I love that sister. I love that brother. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit will not be manifest in one's life without the tenderness of the heart. Receiving the word, allowing the word to germinate and to bear the fruits of the word of God. It is the same ground, it is on the same ground of the heart that when it germinates and it bears the fruit, that one is able to manifest and show that one is in. Is a child of God. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, and then we go to 23. You know about the parable of the sower, right? He said, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away. What was sown in his heart? This is he who received seed by the wayside. You know, we have the different types of soil, the different kinds of ground in the believer's lives, in the people's life. And the only one that is able to actually produce the, the, the heart of thanksgiving, a thankful heart, a praiseful heart, and, and, and allow the peace of God to be able to rule in such a heart, is the one that's actually fair. That tenderness of the heart, the tender ground that have been cleared of the rubbles, of the shrubs, of the snails, and all the garbage on the fallow ground of the heart. And that heart has been cultivated through the word of God. And the seed is now sown. And on a constant basis, the seed that was sown is being watered. And as it's been watered, it's easy for it to germinate. And it is when it germinates, it grows that you are able to see. Huh, I think I'm, I'm no longer the same as I used to be as a believer, as a child of God. What I used to say yes to. Easily, I can say no to it now without no stress. What I actually used to be a, a, a disobedient child concerning, now I do it so easily. When that transformation comes in, you probably don't know. But on a gradual basis, when the word of God is watering the seed in the heart of that one that is tender hearted, Then the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit begins to germinate. I mean, the evidence. My prayer is that 
It will never cease from your life manifesting the grace of God to giving thanks in Jesus' name. Oh, verse 23. The verse 23 now tells us all that ground, that type of heart that's actually is able to produce the thanksgiving that we're talking about, the thankful hearts. Is it but he who received seed? He who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold. I don't want the word of God to produce sixtyfold or even thirtyfold. But even if it can still produce thirtyfold. It tells us that there's always room for improvement because the more you learn, the more you water the water at the, at the seed. And the more it bears the fruit, never dry ground, never allow the seed to die. So from 30, comes to 60, and then to 70, to 80. By the time you see yourself getting to 100, you have become like Jesus. <laughs> the perfect man. I don't even know that children's on the school song. I want to be like Jesus. Huh? Want to be like Jesus. We all want to be like Jesus. But we've got to be able to give thanks. There's nothing Jesus did without giving thanks. Want to feed the 5,000? What did he do? Connected those little things that were not enough. Say, Father, I thank you. When it is not enough in our own hands, what do we do? We keep it and complain. Murmur. But it was not enough. It was just a little kid's lunch that will only feed a little boy. But they got to the hand of Jesus. What did he do? Father, give you thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples. The disciples distributed to 5,000 men, not counting women, and the children there, and there are still left over. And you think that which is not enough in your hands will not be enough. He got to the tomb of Lazarus, despite the fact that he's been stinking for four days. He did not begin to blow thongs and begin to exercise spirituality and all my gymnastics that the church will do today. He's already dead. But the resurrection and the life is here. But they always say that there's nothing I can do without the Father in me. I am my Father that is in me. Does that. And what will he do? He got to the tomb of Lazarus. Say, Father, I thank you. Let me call him forth. What is it that a thankful heart cannot receive? Those who are unable to give thanks in the way that they all died in the wilderness. Only two were able to glorify God and said, we're able knowing fully well that the one that is ahead of them is able to crush all the giants ahead of them. It doesn't matter the giants in front of you. It doesn't matter how little that may be in your hands. If your heart can be full of thanks, 
overpels little today. Going forward to the end of this year, you will end this year in abundance. In the mighty name of Jesus. And finally, the thankful heart gives thanks in words and deeds and in everything. Verse 17, Colossians chapter 3. Verse 17. He said, and whatever you do in words and or deeds, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Doing words. Let's read it together, George. Giving thanks to God the Father through me. Whatever you do in word, in deed, and in do all. Just do all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks. And that's why I said to the church at Thessalonica in chapter 5, from verse 18 to 22. He said, in everything, let's say, let, let's read this together now. In everything. Uh, that's all right. I want everybody to come on board because some just cannot give thanks when things are not working right. Some are addicted, complainer, murmurers. Some just can't give thanks when they don't see. Just get it. Some just can't give thanks. Everything. But we are here to learn today to ask that the Lord will give us the grace today to begin to give thanks. Know how to give thanks. When things are working our ways and when it's actually not going the way we truly think it should go. Because sometimes when you think it's not going your way, it's actually going God's way. And God wants you to see how he wants to give you the testimony to really let you know that it is not because of the works of your hands. It is by my grace that I give you the works. So I say, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for, for me. For whom? For me. For me. So when I when I get away, you get to that situation when it looks like as if you're disappointed. Don't see the disappointment. See the other side of what God is about to do in the other side of the disappointment. And verse 19 said, when you fail to give thanks in everything, what are we what are we trying to do? We're trying to quench the spirit. He said, do not quench the spirit. Because God is about to walk. He's about to fulfill his purpose. He's about to do something that will actually baffles you and make others to say, ah, God is good. And verse 20. He said, do not despise prophecies. There, there was a prophecy upon you in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, and even November. When you fail to give thanks because of some of those things that are yet to come to pass, you despise the prophecies. Give thanks to God for that which has come to pass, the one that you know that is already doing. 
And the one that has, you already received and you know that it will come to pass. You are not despising prophecy. And it will surely come to pass. Amen. Verse 21 says, test all things, hold fast, what is good. There are prophecies that will come that is part of God. <laughs> test them. But none will you ever receive from this assembly in Jesus' name. Amen. If somebody tells you things that are completely contrary towards God, it will, the word of God, that it will happen in your life and it now engrave your heart with fear and all manner of things. It's not of God. He said, hold fast to that which is good. When the Lord tells you, I know the thought that I take towards you. There are thought of peace and all of people. And you are going through things that are not really sounding like that. Know that that is the word of God and it will surely come to pass. But when somebody comes to you and tells you a completely different story that is actually from the pit of hell that you cannot find from the scripture, and they now begin to tell you, come and do this, come and do this. You need to do this. You need, you need to fast 21 days or 70 days or 100 days or 200 days in order that. Uh -uh. There's nowhere in the scripture that the Bible says, one fast 120 days or even 30 days. And then come and pray. And I'll give you prayer points. And I'll do this for that. Uh -uh. He said, we should fast. This kind will not go except for fasting where it is not 20 days or 10 days or 7 days or 100 days. And yet, we pronounce fast here. It's as commanded. Let us just appreciate God. Go to God at this time. Father, okay. everything I require to enjoy a peaceful heart. That your, your peace may rule in my heart. And I may be thankful in all things. Release upon me, O oh God. Through the power of your words, even at this moment, I ask for the Spirit that you will expand the word that has been sown into the tender heart of my heart. Make me tender to your word. And let your word be able to produce the evidence of your divine presence with me always. In the name of Jesus, give me a thankful heart. Give me a thankful heart. Give me, Lord, a heart of thanksgiving. Moving out from here, oh God, remove from me every form of murmuring, every form of complaint. Everything that does not glorify you, Father, take them away from me. Take them away from my family. Remove them from my life. Inject them. Let your word of God uproot them, oh God, from my life. Give me the heart of thanksgiving. Let me be able to count my blessings in you. When you grant me joy and mercy, the same and unseen victories that you gave me always, the ability to make well that you instilled in my heart, Father, I ask of God that you will give me a heart that is full of thanks unto you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name. I declare concerning you today as you leave this place. 
Everything in your life that does not allow for God to be glorified. Thinking that you are wise, yet the enemy is wanting to take us away from the promises of God for its manifestation. Father, we declare, remove them out of our lives. Amen. Make us whole as we go. Amen. And give us a thankful heart on a constant basis to be able to number our blessings and be able to rejoice in your presence, glorifying you as God of our lives, of our families, and of our living. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you just appreciate God?